0: I think most of us have that one ex, you know, the one that set your dog on fire and tried to stab you with a knife. This world is a strange one. Love is already hard enough to find for almost everyone. We can't all fall in love with our high school crushes. To make matters worse, when you do put yourself out there in the dating scene, sometimes you get a little too close to would-be serial killers and mentally unstable individuals. So here are some allegedly true stories of crazy exes so we can know what might happen out there. But first, do you have a disturbing childhood story? Be sure to send it over at darknessprevails.org. And if you want hours of bonus episodes, think about becoming a patron at patreon.com darknessprevails. Now, just because she wants to have your babies doesn't mean she wants to keep you alive. Number one, Creepy X, submitted by DAF. I'm a 15-year-old guy, and I can be kind of shy. Well, not too long ago, about a year ago today, I was your typical loser kid, you could say, and I didn't have too many friends, and I was often bullied. At one point, I was talking to a friend on a very close and personal level. You could say that I liked him. He began to be my only source of comfort whenever I felt sad. And before I knew it, we were on a level where we actually began saying lovey-dovey things to each other. I never really expected it, but I liked him a lot. I can't say the same for him though. We were about five months into this relationship when we got into our first fight. I yelled at him, and I said some harsh things too. I was literally having a breakdown, and I told him I didn't want to be with him anymore. The next day, I kept that promise. I didn't talk to him. I was over and done with his crap. The day finished, and I was heading towards the bus, but he gets on with me, and I pay no attention to him. All the while, he keeps trying to talk to me. I finally heard enough and yelled out loud, just screw off. I don't care about you anymore. That's when I noticed that people were staring. I got embarrassed and I looked down, trying to stay quiet the rest of the ride. When the bus got to my stop, I got off and he followed. He speaks again, but this time it's something that makes me all too uncomfortable. He says to me, you know, I can get inside your house whenever I want. Basically, I can do whatever I want to you and nobody would know. I instantly stopped and turned around to look at him. I saw his hand in his pocket. All I could think was that I did not expect this from him. I had no idea he would go to that level. And even worse, I knew that nobody was home right now at my house, so he was right. He could easily do what he wanted, and no one would be around to hear it. I started to back off a bit, preparing myself to run, but he just stands there staring at me, handling something in his pocket. I then began to run, and I instantly hear his footsteps right behind me. Now, where I live, it's far from other people and public places, so if there was no one at my house, I was completely alone with him. Soon, I can see my house, and I instantly go to the back and try to circle around, buying more time to open the front door, The whole time I'm thinking to myself that this can't be happening. Just days ago, I had trusted this person with my life. I thought he was everything to me, my whole world. And now he was so angry, so full of a grudge, that he was threatening my life. He follows still at a steady pace. I open the front door and lock it. Then I use a nearby chair to block the door. As soon as I let go of that chair, I hear banging from the outside. I then run to my room upstairs and hide under my bed. But in my panic, I forget that the back door is always unlocked. And the moment I remember it, I hear the back door open, then close. There are footsteps on the stairs. My heart feels like it's about to stop at any second. I slow down my breathing, hoping that he doesn't hear me, hoping he doesn't come in my room. And then I see my bedroom door open and I can see his feet moving around. Sweetie, where are you? He says in a tone that's both sarcastic and creepy. I try very quietly to adjust myself to be further away from the edges of the bed, but my toe taps on something, a water bottle half full that I'd been drinking from the night before. It falls on its side and rolls, and when I look back in front of me, and now his face is there peering at me under the bed, He reaches a hand out and grabs my collar. I thought you loved me, he says to me as he drags me out from under the bed. I'm kicking and tugging away, but he is bigger than I am. It didn't have to be like this. He continues. He's now crying and pulling something out of his pocket. At this point, I'm out from under the bed and he shoves me against a wall. He continues to stare deeply into my eyes and I can't even force out a scream. I was just going to hurt you, but now I want to do worse," he says. To be completely honest, I thought it was going to end here. I was more horrified than I've ever been in my life, and I never knew what real fear felt like, and I found myself thinking that this must be what it's like to be in a horror movie. He presses what must be a knife against my stomach, and I feel it pierce my skin. Not too much, though just enough to sting and break the skin. Then I hear the most beautiful sound, the sound of the front door unlatching. It's someone who had a key to unlock it. And apparently the chair I'd put in front of the door didn't do anything at all. But I was thankful that it didn't because otherwise my parents wouldn't have been able to get in. They were home now. I gathered my courage and yelled out to them as loud as I could. He has the worst expression I've ever seen on his face. It's like pure hatred and anger put together and that scares me most. Luckily, my parents hear my call as well and I hear them running up the steps to my room. My dad throws the door open so hard I thought it was going to shatter. The moment my ex sees him, he throws the knife under the bed as if trying to play innocent or something. But my dad saw it, he's not stupid and he literally tackles him to the ground. I fall back against the wall, trying to catch my breath, my heartbeat trying to relax, but unable to. My mother calls the cops, and soon they're outside, putting my crazy ex into the back of their car. I tell my story to the officer that interviewed me. An ambulance tends to my injuries, but I'm not hurt too bad. I'm just happy that this psycho will be behind bars. The next day, the whole school was asking what happened to me, why my ex wasn't there, but I said nothing. I didn't want to say a word. As a minor himself, my ex ended up coming back to school this year. For a long time, I was afraid he still had that grudge. I was afraid that he'd still try to do something. Instead, he wouldn't even look in my direction. He was quiet and stayed far, far away from me. So I guess for now it's over, and I hope it stays that way. But seriously, The whole situation was crazy. It just goes to show you that you can't truly know someone They could be the most important person in the world to you. And then the next day, they could be holding you against the wall, trying to stab you with a knife. Number two, My Crazy Stalker X, submitted by Aiden M. I was a 16 year old guy when this all happened. I haven't told too many people about this because I'm afraid that she'll find out about it and maybe she'll try to come back to find me. Maybe I'm paranoid, so maybe telling my story will be the real test. This all began back in grade 10, only a year ago. The school year had just started and even knowing the same repeating problems I have, I was pretty excited about the year. I was planning to make it one of the best years I've had and my plans were going pretty well so far. One day, I was in my social studies class doing a two-person group project. The teacher ended up pairing everyone. I was paired with one girl who would soon become my nightmare. Let's call her Summer. Before she was crazily stalking me, the moment we made contact, I felt she was my soulmate. I mean, from the look in her eyes, I could tell she was thinking the same thing, but God, do I know now that I was wrong. Anyway, we ended up going on a few dates and we decided soon to make it official. We were officially dating. After Christmas break was over, I started noticing strange things she never did before. At first, they were small. She would follow me everywhere I went, into the bathrooms, the school library. She would even be standing outside the current class I would be in, waiting for me to leave so she could follow me to my next one. One day I managed to give her the slip for a few minutes, but not long enough. I was talking to one of my friends named Kyle in the school library about Summer and her strange behavior. Kyle said that he had not noticed anything strange when the two of them were around each other. I was so busy telling Kyle about all of this to even notice Summer was standing nearby, staring at me. This freaked me out when I finally noticed. That day when I got home, I used my Wii U to check my email, and I found a bunch of messages from an email I didn't know. Most of the messages said things like, I saw who you were talking to today, and I thought you loved me, and things like that. I sent one message back to this person, asking who they were, and how they knew my email. The response was, word for word, I know because I can see through your basement window. When I read that, I froze and chills went down the back of my neck. My heart seemed to stop in fear and panic. Slowly, I turned my head towards the window, but all I saw was a girl walking her dog. I squinted to see who it was, and my eyes widened when I realized that this was Summer walking her dog. I never told her where I lived, so I'm freaking out about the fact that she not only knows my email, but she knows where I live and where my bedroom is. Over the next few weeks leading up to summer break, I would come home to find random flowers with letters taped to them. The envelope always said, you'll always be mine, written on the front of it, There was no doubt in my mind that this was summer. Each time I found one of those on my doorstep, I would throw them into the trash. On the final day of school that year, I confronted her about it. She denied leaving anything at my door, but I showed her footage from a hidden camera I set up a few days before, and she couldn't deny it. The footage clearly showed her face. I even talked to her parents, telling them everything and showing them the footage as well. I told Summer that the two of us were through and that I didn't want anything to do with her anymore. Luckily for me, she moved away shortly after that day and I haven't heard from her since. I don't want to ever again. Just be careful out there. You never know when your next relationship might end up with a crazy, insane stalker ex. Number three my crazy ex-boyfriend, submitted by Ruby A. In high school, I met this boy named Alex. He was very sweet, and I never thought he would hurt me, not even in my wildest nightmares. So our relationship got off to a good start, and I was very happy. One day, he invited me over to his house. I said okay but I'd never been there before, so I didn't know too much about what could happen. He told me to come by whenever I was ready. In reply, I told him I'd be there soon. I drove over to his house and followed the address he gave me. All in all, I didn't have too much trouble finding the place. I got out of my car and walked up to the front door. There were no other cars in the driveway, so I assumed his parents weren't home. I knocked on the door and almost right away, he answered it with a hey and a hug and invited me inside. He asked if I wanted anything to drink, so I shook my head and said, no, thank you. Well, my parents aren't home right now, he said, giving me this weird look. It was odd, but I replied. I figured as much and smiled. He walked over to the couch and told me to come sit with him. Now, Alex has always been kind of controlling and felt he had to do things his own way. He grabbed the remote, asking me what I wanted to watch. I shrugged, as I didn't really know, and I was kind of nervous. He leaned over to try to kiss me, but I moved my head to avoid it. Again, this was my first time at his place. I had just entered, like, two minutes ago. I was nervous, and I definitely wasn't the type to go ahead and jump into things. Still, he came back trying again, and I pushed him away once more, He then grabbed my wrist tightly. It seemed like he was putting all his pressure on my wrist. He yelled at me angrily. You're not supposed to refuse. You're in my house, he said. Alex, I whimpered. You're hurting me. Then he yelled again. I'm not going to stop. He pushed me down and got on top of me. He began to forcefully kiss and bite me. I tried to struggle to move, but he would just tighten his grip. I even tried to kick, but when I did, he slapped me across my face, and I started crying. "'Why are you acting like this?' I screamed. "'Because this is what happens "'when you don't do what I want,' he yelled. "'He put his hand over my mouth. "'I tried to scream and get away, but he was too strong. "'I couldn't. "'I began to cry even harder. "'I was so scared, and I didn't know what to do. "'I never imagined I'd be in this kind of situation.' As I struggled to get free from him, I was finally able to get a good kick into his leg and I got up and grabbed my keys, running out the door. I heard him yell at me from behind. You better not leave and he got up from the couch. I heard him coming after me and he continued. I said you're not leaving me here alone. I ran to my car, jumped in the driver's seat, unlocked the door. I started the engine and drove away as fast as I could. In the rearview mirror, I saw him running down the road, trying to reach my car. I simply sped up and turned down a different road to drive home, I didn't see him anymore in the mirror. Thankfully, I got away from him. Back at home, I locked my car in the garage. I went inside and made sure all my windows and doors were locked. Then I went upstairs to the bathroom. I got in the shower, washed my face and body, and began to cry. It didn't help that I was going to be home alone for a few days. My parents were away on vacation at the time. I looked at myself in the mirror and sure enough, there were a lot of bruises on me. While I was in the bathroom, I thought I heard someone walking outside, but I just thought maybe it was a deer or something like that. I assumed I was just on edge. I finished up and dried off and went to my room. At the time, I only owned a cat, which was in my room when I got there. I laid down and looked at my phone. I texted my friend and told her everything that happened, but she didn't seem surprised. In the middle of our text conversation, I began to hear tapping on my window. It startled me pretty bad at first, and I was far too afraid to go check it. Part of me didn't want to know what was making that tapping noise. I turned off my phone, trying to listen even closer. I then heard what sounded like whispering, and it sounded like, Alex's voice. Ruby, are you there? This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. On iOS and Android.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Is there anyone else with you?
0: At this point, I turned off my lamp and hid under my covers. I was so scared. This freak, this jerk who tried to have his way with me, he followed me home, and he was just beyond that wall. In the dark, I laid there, listening to his whispering and his tapping on my window all night. I think around four in the morning, it finally stopped, and when the sun came up and all was quiet, I finally felt safe enough to fall asleep. The next day I received a call from Alex's parents saying that they found blood on Alex's walls and pictures of what looked like me while I was sleeping. They said that they could not find Alex anywhere. Then I told them everything that had happened. I told them exactly what Alex had done. They apologized profusely for it and we talked about the situation a bit more. When we finished the call, I cried again. My world had been turned upside down and I no longer felt safe in my own home. That whole day, I didn't know what to do with myself. The next day, they called saying they found Alex and he was being sent to a mental ward for what he did. They said he just wasn't right in the head, that he wasn't ready to be around people again. I said thank you and to have a great rest of their day and then I hung up. But I did text them, saying that I was sorry for causing any trouble. I felt so embarrassed, and for some reason, I felt like the problem. This happened only a year ago, and I try my best not to think about what happened. Still, ever since then, I've been in counseling, trying to get over the event, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Number four, My Psycho X, submitted by Ariel W. This story took place from the time I was 18 to right before I turned 20. I met my now ex, let's refer to him as Michael, when I was 15. We had classes together in high school and we were friends during those classes I didn't know him very well then, but I had a huge crush on him. He was known to have a different girl every week though, and I never thought I stood a chance. He left after Christmas break that year, and I didn't hear from him again until I was 18. We met again on an online dating site. He told me that all those years ago, he had been crushing on me as well. Then he asked me if I wanted to meet in person and hang out and I couldn't say anything, but yes, I was so giddy. When we met up in person, the first thing I ever thought was, dang, he looks different. In school, he'd been tall, but not as tall as he was years later. He was a bit chubbier in school, with longer hair, and he was very pale. Now he was tall and way too skinny, short hair and tan. 18-year-old me thought he was attractive, but at the same time, him wearing glasses and a front-facing baseball cap with khakis, he looked like a typical pedophile or pervert from the movies. Maybe I should have listened to what my mind was saying. I was frantically thinking that he was too good to be true. Maybe I should have run then, but I didn't. Way too much happened on that first date. That's all you need to know. But he asked me to be his girlfriend right then and there. I'd never had an actual relationship like that before, and I was very excited. Without even thinking, I said yes. For several months after that, things were great. We would sneak out to see each other, stay out way too late, and get into a lot of trouble together. We would just generally spend all of our time together, and we didn't even fight. It was beautiful, like some kind of movie. I had fallen head over heels in love with him, Some part of me now thinks I should have known that this was all too good to be true. You see, things started to go wrong a short while after my 19th birthday. It had gotten a lot harder to see each other despite working in the same restaurant and we had both gotten a little more aggravated with one another. It seemed to me every time we tried to plan to do something, he would find a way to mess it up. Then we began to argue we argued more and more. We ended up going to Comic-Con together that June, and we got into a bad fight that day. I remember I didn't talk to him the whole bus ride, and we even sat away from each other. He was great at pretending nothing was ever his fault. He blamed me for everything, but I was having none of it. It was after that weekend that he told me he had cheated on me around the time of my birthday, but being naive for some stupid reason, I forgave him. I agreed to stay with him, but things just got worse after that. I really should have known better. After he told me, things really changed. Not with me, but with him. He became so much more nosy about everything I did. He wanted to know every person I spoke to. He was very jealous when I would speak to our male coworkers. He accused me of cheating on him on multiple occasions, saying that I was just paying him back even though honestly, I never did. When he could get his hands on it, he would look through everything on my phone. In that relationship, I felt so trapped. I left for a few days to go to another state to help a family member move. It gave me plenty of time to think. So when I got back, I ended things, and oh God, how I wish that was the end. After I broke it off, we tried to be friends, He could never really get it though. He would try to kiss me, try to hold my hand. He continued to act like I was his somehow. He wouldn't even leave me alone for a second and would get offended and make me feel bad whenever I wouldn't answer him. He wanted to know everyone I was talking to about any guys I was potentially dating, though there were none. He kept telling me he would get better and we could be together again, that I would be his forever. It felt so possessive and creepy and eventually I had to break all contact. My mother, however, she didn't. She liked him a lot, and she didn't seem to understand why I ended things. She knew he cheated on me, and she still told me I should give him another chance. She spoke to him often, and would relate to me how he was doing, how he was so depressed, so upset, how he would take me back in a heartbeat. I just couldn't get away from this guy. I began to see him walking around my neighborhood a lot. He would just walk by my house and look inside. It was so stalkerish and creepy. He would like and comment on everything on my social media. I didn't know this part until a few months after it all happened, but while we were apart, he had been speaking to an ex-best friend of mine who had hurt me quite badly, and he was asking her for advice and how to get me back. The fact that they were conniving together It really creeped me out when I found out. After several months of unsuccessful dating on my end, I was lonely and desperate. I was plagued by the happy memories I had with Michael and egged on by my mother. So desperate, I called him. We met, we spoke, and we got back together. I thought it would be a fresh new start, that everything would be better, like it was in the beginning, and I was dead wrong. After getting back together, he was way worse than before. He had moved an hour away or so from me, and so we couldn't see each other often. Because of this, he had to keep in 24-7 contact with me. If I didn't text him back right away, he would get offended and make me feel awful for it, like I was doing something wrong. It never mattered to him if I was at work or in class or at home sleeping. I always had to respond within five minutes, or he would play this victim game. I would tell him that I couldn't always talk to him and he would get very mad. We'd fight a lot. He would always find a way to make everything my fault still. I think he wanted to hurt me. He wanted me to feel horrible. I was always wrong and he was always right. It was worse when I saw him in person. Every second had to be spent with him. Every second we had to be touching in one way or another. Now he would look through my phone when I was right there looking through my contacts reading my messages looking through my photos at one point he deleted all my skype contacts because he thought i had too many and he didn't know who they were he wouldn't let me talk to any other guy at all period he got jealous when i would spend time with my own brother and he tried to control everything i did everything i read and watched he was so many miles away and yet i was trapped and suffocating I missed my freedom. I missed being able to do what I wanted. I missed my friends. So when I finally got the courage to end it, I was terrified. I was afraid he'd beg me to come back to him. I was afraid my mom would try to convince me to go back. Even still, I ended it and I severed all contact. I blocked him on everything and got myself a new number. I was so happy that he lived over an hour away from me without a driver's license or a car. But I did hear from him one last time. He managed to send me a message on Google Hangouts, the one place I had forgotten to block him from. He told me happy birthday, and after that it said that one of us wasn't going to survive this. Reading that, my heart pounded in fear. I knew him, I knew he wasn't lying, and I didn't know what he meant. Was he so brokenhearted that he was suicidal? Or was he threatening my life? I quickly deleted that message and blocked him on Google Hangouts. Even now, thinking about him, remembering him, remembering the things he would do and say to me, it causes me a lot of anxiety. I am truly afraid of him and what he's capable of. He may have never hurt me physically, but I have no doubt he would have if I'd stayed. I have no doubt that he may have planned to at one point after I left him. What could his message mean? What were you trying to say, Michael, that one of us wasn't going to survive? And number five, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, submitted by Thomas S.A. She used a Facebook app that told you how long your partner has been in love with you after we'd been together for a year. And of course, the app being complete bullcrap, it told her five months, and she believed it. If I was to say the wrong thing, she'd go into a blind fit of rage and act and say anything. For example, I once had to tell her I couldn't see her like I planned because I had to babysit my brother last minute, and she freaked out, calling me a piece of trash and garbage. She unfriended me from Facebook. I knew I should have left then, but I didn't. She used to take a class at my school and we were talking in the hallway with my friends and two classmates, one being a girl. They walk by me and say hi. She goes past the door and my friend jokingly asks me, isn't that the girl who was flirting with you yesterday? So my now ex decides to chase after her, screaming at her. Thankfully, I reassured her that it was just a joke, but not until after she pulled out a big chunk of hair from the girl. About nine months into the relationship, she randomly texted me saying I'm pregnant and had me completely convinced she actually was. Then she confessed that she was lying. She simply wanted to see how I would react and if I would have stayed with her and been a good father. She also told me about a premonition she had that I would be in a car accident during my driving lesson and that she saw us having a child in the future, but that this child would be stillborn and apparently it would cause us to break up and she would take her own life. Worst part had to be when we spent a night together. She woke up next to me in the middle of the night, brandishing a kitchen knife, telling me that if we couldn't be together forever, she could use it on both of us, like some sort of psychotic Romeo and Juliet. I don't know how I got out of there alive, to be completely honest with you. Dating is a risky game. Most of the time, you meet someone who's just trying to find someone they're compatible with, like you are, and it still doesn't work. Other times, you meet the one. Every so often, if you're unlucky, you meet the girl or boy of your nightmares, someone who only wants to get close enough to you until you let your guard down. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your childhood scary stories at darknessprevails.org.